Welcome to David and David on Real Estate. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the real estate market. Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate podcast. We are on episode number 64. And today is a very special episode because we have three lovely guests joining us today. We have Vanessa, we have Victoria, and we have Farah from Alt Stage. And good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. This is a lot of fun for us. We never get a chance to have uh, usually more than one guest at a time. So th this is a this is a first, I think, for having three. So uh, this is really an exciting thing, and we really want to hear all about what the three of you do, how you got together, and and we got a lot to talk about in the next hour or so. So why don't you start us off and tell us how the three of you came together to to create Alt and and what each of you do. We each have a separate role, I assume. Yes. So I'm the CEO at A Lady's Touch. Um, it was my invention and my idea to begin with. And then I quickly discovered how important it was to have a team to help grow the business. And with that, insert our lead designer, Vanessa, um, who curates and takes care of the aesthetic and the standard of ALT designs. And my COO, Victoria, who helps manage operations while I believe my job now is to look for um, additional revenue streams and um, additional growth streams. So that's essentially our secret sauce. I've actually never said that, you know, publicly, but it is the secret sauce of ALT, I think. What do you guys think, girls? No, I, I agree. Vanessa, do you want to go? No, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I think that finding what everybody's good at and noticing where everybody's strengths or weaknesses are, and then just putting them in a position that they'll succeed in is what's been really beneficial with our team. I think that everybody's really good in the role that they're in and that's, what's made us so successful. Yeah. And I think all of us work so well together. It is a smaller yeah. team. So all of us in combination with each other is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Victoria, you have an organizational uh, bone to you, Vanessa, yeah. you're the creative side. And then far, I guess you're the business development relationship building side. Absolutely. I've never, it's never been put so, so. I know. So perfectly. Like that. <laughs> but that is exactly it. <laughs> really cool. and, and you can tell how like all those, you know, ingredients work together to make, you know, a, a great meal, right? Like, you know, you can't cook with just one ingredient. You need different ingredients yeah. to make a really good meal. So um, I guess you guys are playing off each other's strengths and Absolutely. it really works well for you guys. It's like the whole, you know, Steve Jobs and Wozniak. It's like Michael Jordan. We, or any of the greats, you needed strong support, right? And I think in this case, I wouldn't even call myself like the star quarterback or, or anyone particularly in that role. I think each person on the team is a star quarterback. And we all have this mentality of, you know, like a champion, like, you know, I go, I have talks with the team and I'm like, we are a championship team and we just have to continue training our minds, our brains level, like meeting the standard and then breaking it. And I think that's, you know, that's also helped. Uh, I don't know if you've been listening to any of our podcasts or watching it, but we're always 
turning the conversation to sports somehow and sports analogies. So you, you fit right in there. Perfectly. I like, that's awesome. But I, that just tells me that we have similar mindset, you know, like what you're finding to be great and, and, you know, you can mimic and apply is what I'm finding to be great as well. Like I don't, I didn't invent the wheel. I just am constantly finding ways of how we can continue to grow. And I say this to the girls all the time. I'm like, this is just the beginning, like based on our history and based on where I see us in the future, we just have to continue working hard, putting our clients first making sure that this is more than just about us. This is honestly us serving Pete, the public on what we do and our talent. And I think that's why we're also doing so well. Well, that's great. Because, uh, you know, part of what we like to talk about on this podcast is not just what you're, uh, what you're doing, and we're going to get into that in a minute, in a minute about staging, etc. But we like to just talk about being a small business and what we do. And we talk about, you know, David's business, the brokerage and my, my law firm and how we are as business owners and how we apply things that we've learned in, in the world of sports and team building and, and how you build a law firm, a brokerage, a staging company, like it's, it doesn't matter what the widget is, a lot of the concepts apply and, and it seems like you ladies are doing the same type of thing. I mean, I, I would love to say that it, it, it was, it's luck, but I don't think it's luck. I think it, it's all about being um, smart, respecting how other people have succeeded, and then reading and, and learning about that and um, being humble and gracious and all that good stuff. And then just, you know, gets like the doors just open. Like we have so many exciting projects on the go right now that I'm so grateful for. Like the girls are killing it. They're killing it. <laughs> like Vanessa, you did an, an amazing design yesterday for a client who was speechless when, and, and that's another thing. Our, our staging business is definitely healthy and robust. Thank God for that. But our interior design business is really starting to take off. Vanessa, did you, you want to elaborate? I think the interior design business once the market is there for it. So when people are selling their home and there's, they see what you're able to do in the space for a temporary purpose, just transforming that into a permanent purpose and showing everyone what we can do. And yesterday was amazing. The client was so, so happy. She was a dream client. And I think that showcasing our talent, the doors, like Farah said, will just open for us. Mm -hmm. And I think I, it, it speaks for itself, I think. I love that you guys are going down this path because it's like staging is almost like the um, what's the word I'm looking for. It's almost like the test case with the client. Yeah. Like you're kind of showing off what you can do for them. And, you know, the, these clients have lived in these homes for so many years and built these memories and raised kids. Right. But now you're, you're kind of leading them down a different path and you're, you're taking their hands and you're basically, basically showing them like, look, this is what your space could turn into you're showcasing all the potential that it has and this is how you could be interacting with your space and this is how you could be feeling right so the next place that they go into I mean it's just a, a natural transition for them to pick up the phone call you and say hey I want to feel the same way I want to mm -hmm. experience the same thing that I Absolutely. experienced in the house that we just sold in our new place and you can even take it to a different level for them right so I love that you guys are going through um you know through through this and I think it's providing a lot of value add to both realtors and to their clients because as a realtor you know imagine you know the tools that you guys are giving me right now Absolutely. I can say to my client look 
like not only can I find you a dream home, but I can really make you feel and, and interact with the house and really, you know, have an emotional connection in a very meaningful way. Right. So as a realtor, it's giving me a completely different tool sets to yeah. really provide like so much more value than, you know, the the other realtor that, you know, maybe is not offering these uh, type of services to their clients. Absolutely. So I love it. Good for you guys. Absolutely. We approach um, all our staging projects like interior design because we really do custom curate all the last details in-house catered to that particular home. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that I think is also something that differentiates the service that we provide. Um, there was an artist that we sat down with who was on our podcast and, you know, he said something that resonated with all of us, which is when you see my art, each time you see it, I want you to experience like something. And that's something that I know Vanessa is really applying to her designs. Yeah, no, it's great. Like you're always learning, you're always evolving, you're always trying to, you know, look for for better ways, right? And that's one of the uh, art forms of being a successful business owner. And I mean, David Corman and, and I, we do the same things. We just do it very differently in our business, <laughs> right? But uh, no, this is great. So guys, let's jump into it. Like what is staging and why is, you know, what are the benefits of staging? Why is staging so important? I think um, there are so many benefits to staging your home, obviously. But um, I think one of the primary reasons is that you get to display the home to its full potential. And like you said, when people walk into a house and it feels like a home, that connection is made. And what we do is we curate, like Farah said, a very specific design to, for the home. And that's, it provides the emotional connection. It's a visual appeal, it's functionality, and it's just a presentation of, as a whole that will ultimately sell your home quickly for top dollar. And it's, it's, like I said, it's that emotional connection when you walk in. Yeah, just to touch upon that too, I think that it's, when you're listing your home, I think that it's just makes the most sense to have your home be presented as beautiful as possible. You're selling it. Somebody's supposed to be walking through it and envisioning their, their selves in the space. So I think that, you know, it's, it's very important to allow your house to stand out from the competition. So what are you going to do to make sure that it is standing out? Right. And that's where I think that staging is super beneficial. Yeah, I, I always used to say to my agents, like, um, if somebody likes a house, price is always an objection. Hey, I like this house, but I like it at the right price. Mm -hmm. Somebody loves a house and they have that emotional connection. Price is never an objection. They just need to have it. You they know, I love this it, house. Yeah. I don't care what it takes. I need to have this house. Price, mm -hmm. you know, moves away as an objection uh, from the table, right? So if you can get every property into that sort of space where whoever's you know coming in is falling in love with the space, you're always going to yield better results for the seller. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's the goal. Really, is to make everybody <laughs> fall in love with every space that we're able to stage, right? David, that's we need we need to get you in as our spokesperson. <laughs> wow, well, you are just summarizing it better than any of us could. It's <laughs> it. You know what, being in the business for a really long time, um, and especially in this market, and I'm, I'm going to, you know, turn this, this question around for you guys, but I, I honestly think that any realtor who lists a property in this market 
-hmm. without really putting in those marketing dollars and making the property, mm -hmm. uh, you know, putting it on a pedestal and, and making it look as best as it possibly can is doing a huge disservice to their clients. Mm -hmm. you no know, period, full stop, end of sentence. We can shut this podcast down right yeah. now. <laughs> you know I mean? But He's, that's the honest Drop truth. the mic right there. That's it's, what you Drop the mic, you know? Yeah, it's definitely true. I would say in this market too, we are noticing that homes are taking a little bit longer to sell. They are still selling. They, they're just taking a little bit longer. And that's why I think it's more important now than ever to make sure that your property is standing out and to showcase it to its fullest potential. Absolutely. So I guess just from a business point of view, because of the shift in the market, when you are staging a house, you have to leave it there for a longer period of time. Now you can't turn the, you know, tear it apart and, and move this, move the, the nice furniture and all the decors it over to the next one. You have to leave it there for a longer period of time. So I guess you have to be set up for that because we're not, we're not turning them over as fast. Like people are getting staged and it's not for a few days or a week like it was for a while, now it's it could be a month, six weeks. And that's why it's important to work with staging companies that own their own inventory, because I can't tell you how many times we've worked with our clients to give them further incentives, like as opposed to them selling within one to two weeks, it might be taking three to four weeks. And on their fourth week, just recently, we had a very good client contact us. And although today or, tomorrow, or yesterday was her renewal, she said, is there any way that we can just extend um, on a daily rate until the end of the week until I um, get this signed and closed? And absolutely, you know, we own the furniture. We're working with you to sell this property. That's our shared goal. And we don't, re we don't report to other companies or outsource furniture. Everything is in-house at ALT. We currently have 35 properties staged. Wow. Um, wow. The, market is, the market is very robust though. I mean, I don't want that to be perceived as these homes aren't selling. We're doing five to 10 homes a week and they are selling, especially the ones that are staged by us. But whenever we are, you know, looking and growing, um, we constantly purchase inventory for the benefit of our client. We also refresh inventory to adjust to the trends. And we also buy per project custom pieces that we know will suit the home and differentiate our design from anything else that's out there. And, you know, going back to you wanting pieces to tell you a story when we spend that extra, say 10% on additional inventory per, per home, that 10% is our investment on our own brand to differentiate ourselves. It's those custom pieces that will make the, the, the buyer say, whoa, that's cool. I've, I haven't seen that before. For the builder, one of our builder clients, we did two model homes for them. And in one of the model homes, we put a sculpture of what looks like a Greek god on a pedestal. And I just think people, any, every time they walk by, they're going to be like, that's cool. That's really cool. And that's this type of stuff that we do to just take it up over an edge and, you know, also provide clients with incentives like, okay, you need 45 days. Keep it. Let's get this thing sold. You know, that's, that's really important. Um, let's talk about this market, right? Cause we are in a very unique market. It's, you know, a lot of new realtors have, have never seen this type of market. A lot of realtors have gotten their license during COVID and, you know, it was a very strong seller's market. So let's really talk about why staging is so essential in, in the environment that we're in today. 
I think you have to be able to withstand the ebbs and lows, ebbs and high. I can't say sayings. It's one of my weaknesses. <laughs> What's the thing? The highs and lows of the market. And if you unfortunately started this uh, in the COVID time, you have a very um, skewed notion of real estate. I started ALT in 2016. And the market was fire. Like you would put a house on the market and it was sold literally in 24 hours. We were destaging. Then Kathleen Wynne announced in 2017, I believe, a foreign buyer's tax. And within days, the market went from a house going for 1.7 million to 1.3 million in four days. That was volatile. And at the same time, I was saying, uh, okay, everything slowed down. Is this, is this going to last? But you, know, you have to withstand that and you have to pivot and adjust to help your, your, who you're serving. So realtors that are new to the industry that are going through this, you have to service your client even more you know, don't be afraid. Oh, it's going to take longer. Oh, I'm afraid it's, you know, it's not going to sell, you know, buckle up, invest in quality staging market so much more than you ever have. Your house is going to sell and, and have those tough conversations with your client and assure them that the value of your house remains. The price has gone down, but when you buy, you're going to sell low, buy low, and then you're going to hold. And then five years from now, it's not going to make a difference you're still <laughs> going to be up hundreds of thousands of dollars do you know what i mean yeah no 100 percent. i mean i think staging really protects the value of the house right and it, it gives the seller more options because timing is everything in this market and if you can uh, produce an offer on on the seller's house quickly i i think it gives them more options and the longer the property sits on the market in this type of a market the more buyers think to themselves, you know, the seller is desperate. Why isn't the house selling? You know, what's wrong with the property, right? Um, meanwhile, what the industry doesn't realize is that we're in a period of time where the days on the market have averaged and trended upwards, right? Like we're seeing, like we saw the real estate statistical data come out and we're actually up 4% from last September to this September, but nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about doom and gloom and rising interest rates, right? Yes, the number of transactions are down significantly, but this is why it's so important to be one of those few houses that does sell quickly, that does sell in the three days or four days or five Absolutely. years or seven days. You don't want to be, you know, the average house that's trending 45, 60 days on the market because it gets tougher, right? So I think those are huge benefits, especially in this market. People have to invest in, in, in marketing and staging a home. I think there's no better marketing if you are representing a seller. And the analogy I give everybody is, hey, if a car is slowing down, if the momentum is slowing down, what are you going to do? Hit the brake? Then you're going to come to a full stop. Correct. Right? What do you have to do when the car Hit is slowing down? Hit the gas and let's go. Right? And, and you got to spend money on marketing. And, and you look at some of these multi-billion dollar corporations like Coke, right? Like, you're like, why does Coke spend billions of dollars in marketing? They're, they already have number one market share. They already, you know, they everybody knows them. They're already one of the strongest brands in the world. Like, why not just pocket that billion dollars? 
right? But you have to invest in yourself to keep growing, right? And in this market, especially, you have to spend money to differentiate yourself. As the saying goes, Victoria, you said it to me the other day. Baby, you got to spend money to make money. <laughs> you know, it's in my true, business, when we're so busy and we realize that we're having inventory issues, you know, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. But it's, um, it's to have. Yeah. yeah, you need to keep investing. Yeah, and I'd like to pick up on something that you said, Farah, because I, I think it's really important. Like, people are always trying to figure out what's a normal market. Were we in a normal market in 2016? Was it a normal market in 2017? Was last year normal market? Are we in a normal market? There's no such thing. There's, there's just different markets and you have to adjust. You have to constantly be adjusting what you're going to be doing. And, and I think the message that you just said to any real estate agent listening for is you have to work hard. And right now in this market, you have to work hard. You got to go to the extra mile. You got to take the extra step. You got to do the staging. You got to do it the right way. You got to be prepared for it to be on the market. We don't see, you know, in the last few years, we saw a lot of agents advertising all the time. Oh, sold in two days, sold in 24 hours, sold it like they're a hero. They weren't heroes. The market sold it. That's what the market was. The market turned over. So those same agents aren't now, oh, sold it in six weeks. They're not putting that out there because it's yeah. not their efforts. The market will dictate how fast properties are generally going to sell, right? But what can you do as an agent to make sure that the property you've got listed is going to sell proper way? And I think this is something that you have to do. Like, is there a downside to staging? The downside to staging would be if you're living in the home, we discussed this yesterday and you know, you, you don't have an alternate home to go to during the staging process. You must showcase the home every single day with rented furniture that's not yours. So for the homeowner, for a brief period of time, it could be uncomfortable if they're living in a staged space. However, the point of staging is so that the house sells quicker. And so it's just a temporary inconvenience for a long-term gain is what I say to homeowners who are living in a staged space. And I think just to touch on that, something that could be considered, um, again, to play on far as word inconvenient, would be like moving all your stuff. So decluttering, organizing, the removal of some pieces of your furniture, it may seem uh, like a lot at first, but ultimately when your house does sell quickly, um, it's already ready for you. So everything that you've already decluttered, you've already organized everything, any piece of furniture that wasn't coming has already been removed from your space. So what's left is exactly what you're taking with you. So it's almost like uh, like a like a push to begin packing, right? You know, yeah. I used to get these objections all True. the time from home sellers. Well, you know, you're making me do all this work. And I'm like, you're going to have to do it anyways. Exactly. You know, yeah. I might as well put more money in your pocket, <laughs> right? Like Exactly. You're doing like, it on the front end. I used to tell sellers, I'm like, look, there's there's no other sheltered tax strategy where you get to keep 100% of, you know, the gains that you made on this house completely tax-free. There's no other way. Like, you go to work, you, you know, you buy and sell investment properties, you buy stocks, you earn income, you get taxed on everything. Right. On, on the gains I make for you because you hire me as your agent, because you stage the property, because you represent it properly a hundred percent of the money I make you, you get to keep in your pocket. You know, show me another 
type of a risk return where where you can say that like there's there's no other case like that in, in the world i think so you know i think it's you know I, I think that is such a huge upside that we don't talk about that is such a good point you don't get tax on your on the um profit of your principal residence correct exactly so you're right. in investing on something that you are making really double of because any other thing you're getting taxed on i've never like a light bulb just went bing yeah i think for all of us right i, I, did, like, I did not summarize it as well as you articulated it but i think it's brilliant i think it's brilliant and not enough people see it that way mm -hmm. yeah so, well, so a lot of people don't don't think of their home as an investment. They're thinking mm -hmm. their home is a home. It's not necessarily an investment property, but it's never a bad investment. But I think we would probably all agree that you think you, you know primarily your decision about where you're going to live is is where you're going to be comfortable living, and that's why you stage things. So people can envision envision what if I buy this house, what's my lifestyle going to look like? Oh, I need all the I want all the stuff that I'll put in here. I don't don't take anything out. I see it on the on the on the backside of this, where I've got clients, you know, buyers who've now you know signed an agreement, purchase and sale. We get it in. They love the house. They're all excited. It's a beautiful house. They send pictures with their agreement. They, I don't I don't have to see the pictures, but they're sending stuff to me because they're excited. And then they have their first visit mm -hmm. before the closing, and they walk in there, and it's like, oh my god, it's not the same house. All that stuff is gone. I can't, I don't. I can't picture living there anymore. It, it's not the same. It, it looks, you know, the people put all their back their stuff back in there. It got cluttered again. And, it, and you know, and it's not the same. What can we do about it? I don't love it as much. So you know, and that's and that's a compliment to businesses like yours. But but now we have a solution because now contact us for right. Exactly. I love this. Like we can make it look like that again. Yeah, your clients are not just the sellers, they're the buyers. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, hey, you want some of this stuff? We can make it happen. We can make it look exactly like you saw it. I think it's brilliant. Okay. You guys send a little gift basket on closing day and say, hey, if you want your new property looking like this, call us. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. We, yeah. We've had a discussion about this marketing just a few weeks ago. We're, we have an idea that we want to you know, send a photograph of the, of the house staged to the new buyer and just thank them for investing in this house and that if they need help with decor, who else to call than the person that made you fall in love with the house in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a brilliant idea. You guys are visionaries. <laughs> I don't know about and, that. And when you- You've been around for a long time. <laughs> When you provide that type of service, let's say for a buyer and you're going to help them on, on the on the decor side, are you, you charging hourly rates for that type of service? Yes. And it's a completely different business from the staging side because it's a totally different product altogether. So in the short answer, yes, it's an hourly rate, but we also offer retainers for projects that we would assume to go beyond 10, 20, 40 hours that is offered at a discounted rate. And if they're buying certain furniture, or you're helping them buy furniture, uh, you charge for that as well. Is there a markup on, on that in addition to the hourly rate? So these are great questions. Jeez, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the benefit of working with a designer that I don't think a lot of people really perceive is we get trade discounts and we offer 50% of our trade discount to our client. So if you were to go into a retailer, say, throwing out a name CB2 and purchase a table that costs $2,000 retail, supplier, they work with us and wholesalers like us are able to get that exact table for, let's say, $1,200. And what we do is we offer the difference between 1200 to 2000, which is 800. We offer 400 in savings to you. So you're paying 1600 for that table. Is that correct? No, right. 1400. Right. right. Yeah. 1600. I was good. Your math 1600 is good. for that table. And it saves you um, some change there. And when you add that up per item, that more than pays for our design services fee right, that we right. charge our hourly it almost offsets it and a lot of times our clients are saving more money that way I'm and sure. not to mention it's a time saver because they're now they're not running around trying to piece things together we take all the guessing work out and we're avoiding them from making costly mistakes how many times has somebody bought a sofa that was too big or realized they didn't like that after a while and have to go back and constantly fix it with us we're full service we are one call, we show you the design, we go to work, the next time you see us, we're installing it. We take care of everything in between. Yeah, so you're taking responsibility for getting it ordered. So you're you're taking responsibility for measuring, making sure it'll fit, making sure it gets ordered, following up to make sure it gets shipped and when it's gonna be shipped and how it's gonna be shipped, make sure that it all works. So you're taking that off the hands of the homeowner and that's part of why they're paying you. They're paying you a fee to provide provide that service and that value. And if it shows up and it doesn't fit, that's your responsibility, not their right. responsibility. Right. Right. So there's a lot of benefits to that. And they're saving money, getting items that they love and saving money and saving all the time and effort of, of sourcing it and ordering it and doing all the follow-up and, exactly. and listening to all the, the bitching, complaining by the, <laughs> by the, because I know there's a, there's a supply chain problem right now too. It's hard to find things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, for us, you know, with our relationships with suppliers and we know who stocks inventory in Canada in-house where it's not going across seas, that's the experience and the expertise you get from working with an ALT designer. So we have deadlines that are eight. I know I sound like a salesperson, don't I? <laughs> Nailing every question. You're like, boom. I'm good. Um, no, no, but it's true. It's from my heart. And it's because we have clients who are not patient and they don't want to wait 16 weeks for a sofa. So they come to us. Us and we know which suppliers can turn around and say eight weeks or six weeks and deadlines are really important to us and we as you know the girls we will work as long or as late as we need to to ensure that those deadlines are meet are met absolutely we have a delivery right now from a supplier <laughs> actually a huge oh really just pulled up it's funny Anyway, so everyone that's listening, your design deadlines will be met before Christmas. Okay, one hundred percent. Yeah, we'll call on the twenty fourth. Oh, yeah. yeah, it'll be all happy clients. We'll make it happen. So, guys, how much does staging cost? Like, let's get into some of the costs of very first staging. Um, there's a lot of different costs out there. Um, how do you guys price your projects? And you know, the biggest question here is as a realtor, when you're going in and you're meeting with a client, how do you set expectations about what they can expect in terms of staging cost? So we get this question a lot and it's, it's kind of the easiest way to answer it is that 
every project is different and we don't have packages that are just kind of ready to go. Every house that we see requires a different a different process of, for staging and it requires different inventory. So the, the cost really ranges. Like if you're, if the home is vacant, I would say you can anticipate spending anywhere between, I think this is our supplier. Give me one second. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I, I'll take that. First, it's like, you know, you're not looking at staging as a cost. Let's go back to referring as staging as an investment. Absolutely. And and you must understand that if you spend 1% of the total value of your home, 1% on all marketing, which would include the staging, upgrading fixtures, painting, photography, that 1% can turn into 5% on the sale of your home. And we have, we have stats that prove that in markets that are low and markets that are high. You know, the stats don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Staged homes sell quicker and for more money than unstaged home of a comparable property. I'd love to get into some of those stats because it's hard to argue with numbers, right? And especially for the clients, like if you can show some hard data on the upside of staging, um, those are hard arguments to fight with, right? And they go a long way to convincing sellers to spending that sort of money uh, and investing into their home. So we have quarterly statistical videos that come out there. It's on our Instagram right now. If you wanted to check out how quarter one fared compared to quarter two, compared to quarter three, quarter one homes, um, the average price um, was, or the sale price compared to the sold over asking price, the difference was up to 37% in some homes. Wow. That was quarter one where homes were listed at a million dollars and then going at 1.37, right? right? Now in quarter two, we did notice a, a decline to home selling over asking at 16.7% over the listed price. Um, quarter three, it's at, I have to double check the numbers. In fact, I'm not even sure we're completed those, but the difference is that they're not selling over asking anymore. And right. those are, that's the hard factual truth of the market. So I can't tell you how many times I go into um, an appointment with a realtor and they're just nodding their head to the client and saying, yep, we can list it at 1.5. Sure. And they're just, yep. Yes, people. Mm -hmm. And far is going to make it look great and it'll sell. No, no, yeah. no, I won't. Yeah. I, I just want to scream and say, excuse me. No. <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the fact is that the value needs to be compared to the most recent comparable. You know, don't try to gouge people who have a, are having a hard time borrowing money. Don't assume that your house is still valued at $2 million when it's valued much less today. Yeah, and you need to have those hard conversations. Yeah. I mean, cornerstone of, of, you know, any successful realtor is setting expectations, right? And um, David, I mean, we had, remember Teresa Mursky, where yeah. she talked about business communicating and, you know, the brilliant thing that she kind of came across um, in her podcast was ask people how they want to be communicated with, mm. right? Um, but I think mm -hmm. here and, 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 you know, and what you're talking about, Farah, I, I think setting the right expectations 
and really having those tough conversations and, and just really leveling with clients and really focusing on statistics. And in the absence of statistics, I think you have to kind of go back and, and kind of look at what 2019, 2020 did as a market. Um, and, and that's really going to give you a really good baseline of where to kind of start your pricing discussions, right? But if, if you look at some of the highs that we've had in 2021 and 2022 and, and try to base any of your pricing strategies on, on those numbers, uh, you're going to set yourself and your client up for failure. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm big on on managing expectations uh, at all aspects of a real estate transaction. It's really important. But and, and I, I believe in statistics, too. And again, this comes back to sports. You look at statistics and everything, too. But some of these numbers can be skewed a little bit. And you got to look at it a little bit skeptically, Some, in my opinion, too. Like this, this over-asking concept. Um, like, for sure, things are... Like the, the market's shifted. There were, we, had, we went through a couple of years where the, the asking price were that people were setting, the agents were artificially low. It was way below mm-hmm. the actual value. So of course they were getting over asking all the time because they were trying to get multi-offers and use take advantage of that market. Mm-hmm. So now that's disappeared from the market. So the prices that agents are setting these days are more closer to what real value should be. Like what they do their homework, this is what this house is really worth, what it should. And that's the price that they're generally putting out there as opposed to something that's $100,000 below that just because they're trying to get multi-offers in, right? So I just think when we look at the, you know, you know the, the stats have changed with, you know, things are closer to the, you know, the over-asking market just is gone right now, right? So you got to keep that in mind as well, right? When you're, when you're analyzing statistics. You're too smart. David, <laughs> it's, it's true. There's so many variables and any company, I'd be lying if I was on here saying that, you know, any company uses statistics skewed to benefit the, the point you're trying to make. And you're right. Like if we're using stats on what's sold in a market where, you know, things were not normal, I think this is a normal market. I don't know about you. You're the expert, David. Wouldn't you call this more normalized? Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting much back into a more normalized market right now, right? Like, like David, agents, we talked about this, probably agents are, are working hard now. They have to understand how to put conditions in offers, but they didn't have to do that for a couple right. of years. It's definitely a more balanced market, but, you know, there's, um, the market is, uh, is going through ups and downs on a daily basis, almost what it seems like. And we are seeing multiples coming up again. And it's, uh, it's a scary notion to see multiples in this type of a market, but it all comes down to inventory levels, right? And there's not a lot of inventory out there. So, you know, I, I have a realtor in the office that's looking for a very specific neighborhood and every single house that goes for sale in that one neighborhood seven to 10 offers, like every single one. And and we're seeing, you know, it sell for way over asking. So do I like to see that as a broker owner and as an industry professional? Absolutely not. I think buyers are tired of competing. You know, I think realtors are tired of of submitting offers and losing. Uh, And I I, I think people in general are just tired of, of, you know, this whole situation that's being created, right? But the reality is, and this is the sad reality, I'm not proud to say this, multiple offers and, and underpricing properties works, 
And it's been proven statistically over and over and over and over again, you know, and, and certain agents, I like just hate, you know, under asking uh, or underpricing properties. They've tried it the other way around. Hey, you know, the last six houses sold for 1.2. So I'm going to price this house at 1.2 crickets. Nothing's happening. The house is 30 days in the market. Okay, let's, you know, let's price that $9.99. All of a sudden, in three days, the house sells for $1.2. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have any explanations, but it's just human psychology. And it's been proven time and again that, unfortunately, uh, this ugly, you know, pricing strategy it works each and every single time. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really weird market out there. But I think buyers are looking for opportunities. I think it's it's an opportunity-based market. And I think if you can appeal to their emotions by staging properties and by investing into, the, into those properties, you're going to be more successful than the person who doesn't put that money in. And your listing is going to sell first. It's going to sell for more money. And you're more likely to create that, um, that, uh, that condition where people are competing for the listing. I, so, you know, basic economics, supply, demand issues, right? However, what I see in the market is when there's activity, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon and, and wants to do activity. And then when it's slow, it's like people just follow the herd. It's like you could see a shift constantly with like patterns. And right now, it, it would be an opportune time for first-time homebuyers to purchase and get into the market, as well as investors and as well as homeowners, because now you're not competing amongst 10 other offers. The house that you really, really love is available for you now. And at the time that you wanted to buy when everyone else was buying, it wasn't. It's just weird. It's, it's, it's so, so strange. I agree with you. I think not only you can buy that house that you really want, but you don't have to overpay for it. And, and that other, that extra hundred thousand dollars that you may have had to overpay in a multi-bid market that you don't have to pay, you can use that to renovate and, and hire alt to do the decor oh. and make it livable. <laughs> yeah. You have a budget available to you that you're not wasting on overpaying for your house that you can actually fix up your house mm -hmm. to make it the home that you really want. So I just want to go back to something Victoria started to explain. We're talking about staging costs. Yeah. And I, I got a, a question for you. So Whatever the cost is going to be, I know every house is going to be different. You're going to walk in there, you're going to feel okay. This you got to declutter, you got to. This is what we're going to do to stage. There's going to be a cost. Yeah. Is it generally the homeowner that's paying that bill, or do you have agents that are paying that on their behalf out of their commissions? Yeah. What's What's the trend there? We honestly see both. I would say predominantly realtors do take care of the staging bill. Um, however, we, we've worked with homeowners as well. Some realtors use their own stager and the homeowner really wants to use ALT. So in that case, we'll be working with the homeowner um, or sometimes the realtor just takes care of the bill. We really see both ways. Um, it depends what, I guess, the realtor is negotiating with their client, right? So the realtor may pay up front and then make it back later. Um, it's We don't really know what they've negotiated between themselves. We just see that we're working with both parties. Yeah. So, so you're working with, with different brokerages, different yeah. agents, like do you have relationships set up with, with various brokerages or is it agent to agent or how do you 
How do you go no, about it's, it's dealing with It's a little bit of both. So some, so we have many relationships with many different brokerages. And then, yeah, it's also agent to agent, word of mouth, um, homeowner to homeowner. So it's kind of a little bit of everything. Developer to developer, builder yeah. to builder, commercial business to business. We recently did a commercial design for a accounting office, cool. which was really a lot of fun. So, you know, if you guys want any decorating, <laughs> we're happy to help you out there. Awesome. We'll keep that in mind for sure. Um, so, so typically realtors pay for the staging, but there are instances where homeowners uh, pay for, for it as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we honestly see both. I would say again, predominantly the realtor takes care of the staging bill, but we do see both. Do you guys have any payment plans where um, homeowners can pay it from the proceeds of the sale? Or do you guys have any sort of layaway plans where that, that cost can be deferred? So staging is supposed to be paid up front prior to the staging installation. And that's just because there's so much work that goes into the design before we actually get to the installation. Um, a lot of people think that it's very, very easy and we just kind of have things and designs that are ready to go and you can call us and we can come and install in your house for you the next day. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And honestly, it takes us about a week to plan for a stage, um, depending on the size of the home, of course. So for that reason, the staging cost has to be paid prior to the installation, um, as well as any fees like consultation fees are supposed to be paid prior to the consultation. Um, so same thing with the staging costs. Now, if we come and see your property months before you want it to be staged, um, we kind of lock in a date. And to lock in that date, we only require 50% of the payment. And then we would touch base closer to the staging date to collect the remaining 50%. Gotcha. So that way, all your resources are kind of spoken for. and, and Exactly. Exactly. It, it just it allows us to be able to plan for your stage. We know it's going to happen. It's paid for and we can start designing if things need to be bought. Um, if we want to design something different for this property, there's just a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of resources and time. So for that reason, it does have to be paid prior. Okay. Let's, let's talk about some best practices um, and we'll talk about some logistical things. So should you hire cleaners before or after you do the staging? Before. Before, okay. What are some other best practices that realtors should keep in mind? So I think that as a realtor, you should just be sharing knowledge with your clients on what to do even prior to a staging consultation. So when you're going into your client's home, I think that it's very important that you inform them on, on what they should start doing. General, general rule of thumb, you know, start decluttering. If there's scuffs all over the walls, maybe you would recommend painting. If the light fixtures are super outdated, maybe you would recommend new light fixtures. So those are things that we can also help with, but I think that those are are tips that you should be sharing with your client prior to a stage or even coming in so that your client can start the process, start decluttering, start removing some of the older furniture, um, you know, bathrooms, if the shower curtains are printed, recommend installing a, just a plain white one, simple things like that. I think that realtors should be sharing and advising their client to, to be doing prior to even having the home staged. And those little things make like the largest difference. Yes. Like when you guys do go to a consultation and you see that the homeowner listens to the recommendations and yes. they do upgrade the lighting and they change something as simple as a white shower curtain, you see that difference when you go back there for the stage and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. 
I think a, you know, a good real estate agent, you know, that is using people like you all the time to stage should be paying attention to what you're doing 100%. and learning from it so they can anticipate what you're going to be doing. So before you get this, oh, they're going to tell you to first get declutter, blah, blah, blah. Right. But they got to learn what the concepts are, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. So they should be paying attention to that. You know, I, I asked you earlier about like the drawbacks. There's any downside in staging. And you, know, you talked about, well, you, you got to sometimes people have to move out and for a period of time while it's staging. And I'm thinking like from my personal, that, that was an upside. Yeah, I, I've got a son and, and daughter-in-law that just went through that and they had to stage their house in, in July and it wasn't a really good market. So they had, and it was staged and they had showing. So, so they moved into our house with my granddaughter for a while and it was like oh this is this is an upside of staging like it's not a <laughs> downside like maybe maybe yeah. to them you get a different <laughs> answer but i thought it was great and then I said oh our house just sold what do you mean it's sold you're not coming back here like it was it sold too fast so i always like i always look for the silver linings in these it's things. all perspective yeah that's just having a great outlook on the situation that's excellent yeah but, it's but it does lead excited. me to a question like which is back to some of the costs you know, you've now got all your furniture in there. You've got your couch in there and some of your chairs and stuff. And then people are living through that mm -hmm. and maybe for a month, depending on how long it takes to sell. And they got little kids and stuff spills and stuff gets damaged and it's your stuff, not their stuff. So I assume you've got some sort of insurance or who, who's responsible for that type of thing. Absolutely. We have business insurance for that type of thing, but thank goodness we've never, ever had an incident where a homeowner hasn't taken care of our items or like, mm -hmm. you know, something's come back completely destroyed. Um, so, but in, in it, whether or not it's happened, um, there could be a fire. It could be a flood. There could be natural disasters that take place where now we have over say $50,000 of inventory within the home who pays for that? The realtor, the homeowner? No, we have business insurance and claims like that would be absolutely taken care of from a company like myself, which is also one of the benefits of when you're dealing with staging, there's so many liabilities that can take place. Mm -hmm. You know, are they protected from those liabilities? Now I sound like a lawyer, you know, I've always wanted to be one. <laughs> and I always wanted to be a decorator and a stager. Did so, you? Yeah, so we can switch can it we, up a little. Can we change roles for the day? Can I go to court? You can't. I don't, can. I don't go to court. But... Just to touch on what Farah said too, I think that also when we know that we're working with clients who are going to be living through the stage, staging typically is for display purposes only. So we're very, we make it, we make it, um, it's important for us to share with our client where we think that they can utilize their own furniture. So if we if we think that the sofa can be used or the beds can be used, we'll suggest leaving it so that we can make it as comfortable for them as possible during the duration of the stage. Um, and if we do recommend, you know, a full brand new living room for um, a living room set to be staged we would recommend that they take their current furniture and maybe relocate it into the basement and then they would be living out of the basement. So we try and create solutions wherever we know we're going to be replacing a lot of inventory. So guys, I, I think it's very clear that uh, not all staging companies are created equal. What are some questions that realtors should be asking staging companies before they make a decision of who to work with? <laughs> Vanessa, do you want me to take this one? Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to go ahead. I mean, I 
I can only speak about what I believe has led to our success in that we have business insurance, we have designers who come from education and uh, experience design schools, you know, do, doing the stage. We have in-house inventory. Um, all of our movers are insured and they are also come, they also come with experience. I mean, you also want to work with a staging company that has a good brand Mm -hmm. That if you're if you're in the market for ten million dollars, you're at a listing appointment at ten million dollars, and you're saying you're going to stage this ten million dollar home, who's the company that's doing it? And if you look at their you know social brand and their website brand, and it matches with the brand that you're you're creating, mm -hmm. I think that's important. So mm -hmm. that's something real estate agents should consider. And is the staging company working in the market and neighborhood that you are working out of? Because we are experienced in catering our design to the ideal buyer of that neighborhood. Downtown Toronto is very different from the countryside in Nobleton. And we need to make sure that we have inventory that matches the property, the neighborhood, you know, all of those things. Has the company been around for more than five years? And do they have over a hundred reviews on Google? Mm -hmm. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's the staging choice, you know, as you would look for any experienced professional in law, what field it might be in, do they have the, the reputation to, to, to work with you, to earn your trusted business. And also the resources, like you, like you said, yeah. we do own and house all of our inventory. We do yeah. have able designers. We have movers in house and making sure that the staging company is able to provide the caliber of staging, the amount of staging, the timeline that is required. The style. Exactly. Like yeah. all of these elements that people normally don't see in their behind the scenes make such a large difference when the stage is being installed if the staging company does not have these things. And right now, today, we have two stages taking place as we speak. We have our designers and our crews out on the road taking care of business so we could be here with you. You know, and I have, I have full trust in the team and with Vanessa and Victoria's also training, we're growing and we're taking on more and we're just getting better and better. We just look at every opportunity as a new way of improving and mm -hmm. setting a new standard. That's the champion mindset. Oh, you, you've certainly convinced me. I always thought it's a real, what you do is a real critical part of, of the process. Just as important as what, what David does, you need, you need a top notch, a realtor and top notch brokerage. I'm going to say you need, you know, lawyers to help you through the process too, because I'm, because that's what I do. But, but I think what you do is a really important process. And what you mentioned before, Farah, like if you're going to spend like 1% of the value room, you know, you can get back 5%, right? Like it adds what you do actually adds value, but it's not just in the price you're adding value in terms of time. It's the price you're gonna get back, but it's the time you're gonna sell the property. And you need both. If you're a homeowner, those are, the price and the timing are both important issues. It's how fast you're gonna sell your home because you gotta to move to the next place and you have a closing date. And, you, and there's that pressure that gets put upon us collectively to get a property sold. So you're adding value to the price of the house. You're also adding the timing factor too, because by staging it, you're gonna get the, the house sold in a more timely fashion. And that's that's great added value. So why wouldn't anybody take advantage of that? Time yeah. is money. Time I, is money. 
I think you guys, you lawyers pointed it out correctly in the agreement of purchase and sale when you guys say time is of the essence. Right. Right. It is. And there's value in that. There's real value. So why would anybody not take advantage of that and get the best people in there to do it? Because then you're going to get the money, but any money you invest in the state, you're going to get it back and you're going to get the time factor taken care of. And it's a win-win. It's not costing you anything. You're gaining money you're gaining your time too and that's got value too 100 percent, guys i want to wrap it up with one final question for vanessa oh no and that is uh what message would you send to a brand well not a brand new realtor but to a realtor who has not staged any properties before and they're thinking about you know possibly uh staging a property or possibly having a conversation what message would you send to that realtor the message that I would send to a realtor that's thinking about staging or maybe on the fence about staging is that this whole conversation we've been discussing how staging sets the home apart from the rest of the inventory that's available, but it also sets the realtor apart. So when your properties look a certain way and you market the property a certain way and it it's a representation of not only the home, but it's also a representation of the realtor. Mm -hmm. So it, you took the house here, but it also took the realtor up to here. So I would, I would just think that my message would be to do right by the clients and do right by, I guess, yourself as a brand mm -hmm. and, and to invest in some staging because he, they will see the return. Amazing. Guys, this Wait, I've, I've got one last question before you sign off, David. Right. They mentioned it early on. You're doing your own podcast of some sort. I want to hear about what you're doing in terms of a podcast. Thanks. Wow. Thank you. What do you, do you want to take it, Vic? No, I was just going to say that our podcast is called The Unstaged Success, and we are speaking with a whole bunch of female entrepreneurs um, who are in, who have started a business, not just interior design, not just staging, not just real estate, um, really just any female entrepreneur that's been successful at what they've done, their journey. Um, that, that's mainly, I would say, what the podcast is, is targeting at the moment. Yeah, thought leaders. Don't forget, mm -hmm. we we also interviewed Anthony. Yes. It, you know, we wanted to hear more female uh, entrepreneurs mm -hmm. on on uh, social media because I felt like there was just so many male voices and not enough strong female lead uh, voices. So we have Kathleen Black on, who's yeah. who's exceptional. Like meeting her, I was blown away. Her energy is yeah. crazy. Um, so we interviewed her. We're also going to be touching on some pretty sensitive topics. This week, we're recording a topic of, of, of our response to Andrew Tate and his Ooh, comments. Wow. Okay. Yeah. We're going to go in and we're going to be completely authentic and real about our thoughts. And we have opposing thoughts between the three of us on, on his, on his um, standpoint. We've also spoken to, as Victoria mentioned, strong business women, for instance, Black Sheep, who's a clothing fashion boutique here in Richmond Hill, who grew their business solely on uh, Instagram, on social media, like genius, brilliant. And she offers tips on how they did that and how they gained the following and how they led to success. So yeah, and we've also spoken to other designers. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was just verifying that we're doing something right. <laughs> um, yeah, Vanessa brought on a beautiful designing company. It's a great podcast. I'm so excited about it. And it's led to us have, being on your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm live in Richmond Hill right now, too. So 
Oh, great. <laughs> the neighbors. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the Andrew Tate uh, podcast. I want to hear your views. <laughs> oh, it's going to be uh, a good one. Yeah. And see, especially between the three of you, how the views uh, change and how the opinions change. But it's going to mm -hmm. be uh, it's going to be fascinating for sure. Yep. Well, stay tuned. It'll be <laughs> coming up. And I, I think Andrew Tate said that he's pretty willing to go on any podcast to, you know, share his views and uh, <laughs> talk about his views as well. So it would be really interesting to see if you guys can actually get him on your podcast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that I will definitely watch for sure. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. That is our number one priority today, guys. I'm going <laughs> to type the email right now. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, all right it's been so much fun honestly whenever we do these like an hour just goes by like mm -hmm. uh, you know snap your fingers and it's over and uh Dave and uh, Corman and I talk about this all the time we feel like we could continue this conversation for the whole day just because we have so many awesome guests on and um you know who are so passionate about the industry and about changing and about educating and, and promoting uh, professional services so um you know really wanted to thank you guys for taking the time out of your day joining us uh, staging is so crucial, so important, and is really the backbone of marketing any property, uh, not only the property, but uh, Vanessa, just like you alluded, um, also ties into the realtor's brand, right? And you have people visiting the open house, you have printed materials, you have virtual tours that are on the internet all the time. And um, Farah, just like you alluded, you, you have two stages uh, go, going on right now. There's, you know, people out there uh, servicing and, and working hard for your clients. And, and, social media and, and pictures and photography and virtual tours, they do exactly that for your personal brand. They're out there and people are looking at these videos and looking what you've done and looking at what you've invested into other people's properties to help them uh, go smoother through the sales process. So as a realtor, I think you're doing a huge disservice, not only to your clients, but also to yourself. If you want to yeah. And I, do I get a copy of that last, the last comments there? So I can put that at its own clip <laughs> on, on our, on our social feeds. This is such a special time for us, you know, like, honestly, it's just so nice to spend time with, with thought leaders like yourselves and get that reassurance that we are one of the same, you know, we're, we're all going through it the same way and we're doing something that's, that's right. So thank you so much. For, for giving us your time as well. I think this has been fun for all of us. Well, congratulations on your success. And I'm sure there's lots more success coming in the future for the three of you. It's uh, fabulous what you've done in a very short period of time. And, and you're making a mark. You've made your mark. And, and it, I'm sure it'll just grow and grow and grow. So congratulations to the three of you. You Thank found you. a Thank great you. formula. Okay, I'm not inflating anybody's ego anymore. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys. Thank you so, so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. All right. Bye bye.